You're listening to Top Lane Duopoly, a podcast by independent-minded voters for independent-minded voters, where we take a deep dive into the systemic problems that have left so many voters feeling disenchanted or disenfranchised completely in the U.S. political process. We also explore what the duopoly means and the impact it has on competition and accountability in elections. We further examine the nonpartisan solutions to foster elections that are fairer, more competitive, and more accountable to voters. Elections, after all, should serve voters, not parties. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Toppling the Duopoly. I'm your host, Sean Griffiths. And on this episode, joining me is Eric Bronner. He is the one of the co-founders and is COO of the group Veterans for Political Innovation. Veterans for Political Innovation is a group to make our, uh, whose, whose goal it is, is to make our system less toxic and more competitive by mobilizing veterans and supporters to advocate for election innovations. Uh, we're going to get deeper into that. But before we do, Eric, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sean. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've been covering the reform space for near a decade. In fact, next year in March will be uh, exactly 10 years I started covering um, wow. the, the movements for political innovation in this country. And one group that I think has been missing is a veterans group which I think is a segment of this population who could appreciate the need for election innovation, um, particularly in, in a time where things are getting as bad as they are in terms of hyperpolarization and the lack of, of competitiveness and, and real representation in our politics. Uh, talk a little bit about, as one of its co-founders, um, you know, the journey to get it to starting this group, Veterans for Political Innovation, and kind of what are some of the core, uh, some of the core uh, tenets to your mission and your goals going forward? Yeah, so for me personally, Sean, uh, my path, and I'll, I'll try to give you the cliff notes, but so I served for uh, eight years in the Navy and got out in 2005, moved to St. Louis, Missouri, went to law school, practiced law and real estate for a little while. And then uh, it was honestly a, a healthy midlife crisis where I was asking, you know, what's my life purpose and mission? I had always wanted to engage in politics, but I've like close to 50% of veterans, I don't identify with either party, which really limits your options. And so I was looking to re-engage. This was the fall of 2018. And it was then that I first heard on Freakonomics Radio, the podcast with Catherine Gale and Michael Porter, the research that later went on to become the politics industry book. And as you know, you know, the politics industry, it is a classic duopoly, right? And, and I love the name of, of your show. And it's the lack of competition. It's a lack of real healthy competition and innovation that's really getting us such terrible results in our system. So when I found out that there was these people doing this work on such a high level and, and had put so much time and energy and great thought into it, I just asked who's doing this work in, in Missouri. And that led me to a brand new organization in Missouri called Show Me Integrity, cross-partisan statewide organization. We helped pass the new innovative voting system in St. Louis City. And so I just really caught the, the reform bug, so to speak, where I found my people, the people that don't fit into either party, but they want to see the system work better for everyone. 
And it was last year uh, when I was working the polls in St. Louis City, a veteran uh, came up to me. It was a week or two after the election. A veteran came up and said, Eric, you're really passionate about this work. Why don't you do something to inspire more veterans to join you? And I thought, man, that's a great idea. And after doing a little bit of research, I found out, you know, there's close to 40,000 veteran service organizations. There's hundreds of political reform organizations, but there was no one in that white space, that intersection between uh, political reform work and veteran service world. So that's why we're here, Veterans for Political Innovation, to connect those two worlds, to get veterans activated as trusted messengers, to go out and advocate for the reforms that we hope will one day topple our duopoly. Mm -hmm. And you said that you worked on some uh, reform initiatives in St. Louis, but so is is the group uh, based in Missouri, or I, I think I saw that it was based in Wisconsin. Is is that where it's based? Well, it's, so it's a little confusing. We we are a national organization. I happen to be in St. Louis, Missouri. My co-founders are in Chicago. We launched officially in October in Wisconsin, in large part because one, there's only three innovations that we're going to support or focus on, and that's open primaries, voting innovations such as ranked choice voting, or the, the combination of those two things, which is in Alaska called top four, or Wisconsin has final five voting legislation pending. And the bill up in Wisconsin, it was co-authored by two Democrats, two Republicans, and three of them, three out of the four are veterans. So that was part of the reason we wanted to launch in Wisconsin. It was a state that had legislation pending and it had veteran leaders in the state legislature who were saying enough is enough. I don't care if this is the best thing for me personally in my political career, but this final five voting system is going to make things better and healthier for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I know your group has signed on as a supporter for the More Choice San Diego in California, which would also uh, which also uh, is pushing for a top five with ranked choice voting system yes. in San Diego. So you're a national group. You uh, it seems like you're you're wanting to branch out whenever there are these type of of campaigns that emerge um, are the is the goal for your group to also establish uh, chapters in in other states to help kind of uh, better mobilize veterans and get them involved in these efforts that are more at the at a more national you know uh, scale yes absolutely so um we have a, a state-based theory of change uh, that that's where you know, the election innovations have to happen. We have a goal of having at least two veteran for political innovation task force leaders in all 50 states within six months. And we already have about somewhere between 15 to 18 states covered. And like I said, we just launched in October. So we're make, building uh, good momentum, making good progress. So we do wanna have veterans activated in all 50 states. And for states that don't have, you know, final five voting campaigns, it, it might be going out and talking to veterans who are serving in the state, state legislature about ranked choice voting or open primaries, depending on the state. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, in my experience in this space, when you're communicating with people, it can often it can often be different in terms of the messaging that you present to different segments of the population when it comes to what might 
what might appeal to them about reform may vary depending on where you are and who you're talking to. When you're trying to mobilize veterans, what do you think is the most effective message? And, and why do you think veterans, why, why do you think the issue of political innovation would be so important to veterans? Yeah, so veterans, you know, by and large, we, we have a, a, an incredible bond, right, because of our shared experience. Every single person who served this country at one point in time raised their hand, his or her hand, and swore an oath to support and defend not a political party, not a political leader, but the Constitution of the United States, right? And that shared experience, you, you we're able to just have conversations veteran to veteran that other you know, folks just aren't going to be able to have. And so why does political innovation resonate? Again, it kind of goes back to the statistic we often cite that close to 50% of veterans self-identify as either independent or unaffiliated voters, right? And in many states, we're left out of certain aspects of the political system that we, you know, that we fought to defend and, and make sure is healthy and free. And so it's there's a, so many natural connection points with this work. And it what one thing that really excites me, Sean, about getting to do this work full time is uh, seeing people who have disengaged because the system's so toxic, because in the military, they kind of say it's pol it's politics, stay away from it, don't talk about it. But now we're giving them a healthy way to re-engage in a mission that is unifying, it's truly nonpartisan, and it's going to build a better system for, for our kids. So I'm, I'm excited to get to do this work. And you had mentioned the podcast with Catherine Gale on Freakonomics. Uh, she and Michael Porter had written that 2017 Harvard Business School study about yep. the lack of competition um, and the, the, the incentive problem right now, which yes. is really the driving factor to why we have a competition problem, which more, and I think reformers would agree more, most importantly, that's competition for voters. And that's ultimately what creates that incentive gap. If you don't have an incentive to compete for the most voters possible, then, you know, it's, then representation is going to be lacking. So yes. when, and so uh, Catherine Gell and Michael Porter have both suggested the, what, what they call the final five uh, method Oh, why do you, why does that method appeal to you specifically? And what are some of the key factors to, to implementing it that you think uh, would have the most effective change on the U.S. political process? Yeah, so it, it appeals to me personally, right, as an independent voter um, who just wants to see people to be able to run as an independent candidate on a level playing field. And that's what, when, when you have four or five candidates making it to the general election and you use ranked choice voting, now all four or five of those candidates are viable candidates competing on a level playing field. I really like that system for more voices, for more choices, right? Um, and like you said, competition for voters is how we hold our elected officials accountable. There's this huge, disconnect between, you know, you go back a couple Congresses and their approval rating was 15 to 20%, and yet 95% of Congress is getting reelected. So there's, from my perspective, an accountability gap. The elect, competitive elections is how we hold our elected accountable, but 
but they know how to game the system. Now, you know, once you're an incumbent and you are running uh, in a partisan primary, you're, you're going to have few, if any, challengers, right? And it's not really a competitive process. So we, the people, have a hard time holding our elected leaders accountable because the those of us who, you know, are in a gerrymandered district, um, we don't really even get a say. It's oftentimes in the most important election, which is the primary election. And, and a lot of people, I think, don't realize just how important that is. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And to to clarify, because I, I think I failed to mention this in the in the final five method. The, the primary would be nonpartisan, which means everybody gets to participate regardless of political affiliation and yes. all candidates participate on a single ballot regardless of party. And then the top five, regardless of party, move on. Um, yes. And then you would do ranked choice voting. So, you know, an interesting question that, that people have posed to me, particularly right now, because uh, it's kind of a very hot button issue is that of election integrity. There's a lot of Americans out there who are concerned about uh, the integrity of our elections, whether on one side over the their security and 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 the the the, the you know uh, thinking that they're they're vulnerable to to fraud and and things like that. And then on the other side, um, people are concerned about the response to claims, unsupported claims that, that fraud took place, say, in the 2020 election. And so now certain states are taking actions that are actually, uh, you know, that, you know, they, they see as making making voting less successful rather than more to people. Um, for for uh, when you look at the state of, of elections right now and that concern over election integrity, regardless of where people stand, um, what message do you give to them and as far as the impact that political innovation can have on building that confidence that voters really need right now in a political process that lacks representation, but also is is stagnant, because like you said, you know, uh, you know, b- b- voters can could get behind a lot of issues. I don't think voters are as divided on certain issues as as people like to think, but there's no action in Congress. So what message do you you present to those voters who are concerned about the integrity of our process? Yeah, Sean, you know, one thing I'm I'm so passionate about in doing this work is I have personally have family members on both sides of the political spectrum, right? And so often our current system, our current political industry, they just want to they want to take really complicated issues and put us into a binary camp. You're either this or you're that. Right. And if you really love America, you're this. And if you hate America, you're that. And just these silly, you know, taking complex things such as election integrity and voting access. They don't have to be polar opposites. That's Mm -hmm. been that's a, a fiction that's been created by the, the politics industry, right? So I would say both things are important mm-hmm. and we can have both. And, and I think there's polling out there that shows that, you know, a majority of, of voters support common sense voting access reforms and common sense election integrity reforms. They, they can coexist, right? And so, but we get divided into these camps and then we just start yelling at each other Right. And and so that's part of why this political innovation work and, and infusing the system with healthy competition is I hope there will be a place for some a candidate to, to rise up and say, you know what, it doesn't have to be either or 
I don't have to take some extreme position to get your vote. This country was built on common sense, compromise, and sometimes with compromise, no one leaves happy, but we move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. So I didn't really answer your question specifically. I was trying to pull up in Missouri. There's a ballot initiative for uh, top four voting. It's moving forward. And uh, they included some very just simple election integrity language. I was trying to pull it up so I could read it. But um, but anyways, yeah, so we can have both. That's that's the point of what I was Mm. saying. Yeah, no, no. And I and I 100 percent agree with that, I, I think. Well, to your point, we are we do lack nuance in our political yeah. discussions. And uh, yeah, uh, t- and to your point, you know, both parties do try to force us in these di- in these divides into these boxes to separate us on these issues. I 100 percent agree. Now, you had mentioned um, uh, legislation in Wisconsin to pass the final five voting method. Uh, we had talked about how you are uh, how your group has. Uh, endorsed efforts like More Choice San Diego. Looking ahead into the immediate future, are there any uh, events or activities that uh, that listeners can look toward to in terms of what uh, Veterans for Political Innovation is working on? Yeah, thanks for asking, Sean. So the first thing is we are open to anyone. It's Veterans for Political Innovation, but we want to motivate veterans and supporters, anyone who's military connected, um, even if you just are friends with veterans, whatever, you're welcome to go to our website, um, veteransforpoliticalinnovation.org. It's it's a mouthful. Um, and you can sign up to volunteer. We do want to get volunteers in all 50 states. We intend to have a public launch event in San Diego uh, next winter, probably in the you know, late January, February timeframe. We're also looking at a couple other states that um, can't mention at this point, but Missouri is one that I can mention that we're working in and building a task force here. So I would say, especially if people, your listeners know anyone who's military connected or politically engaged in San Diego, Missouri, or Wisconsin, or really anywhere, please send send them our way via the website or I'm on LinkedIn uh, under Eric Bronner, uh, and you can find me there. I'm- Thanks, Eric. In fact, I was actually going to ask you next if people wanted to find you guys online for more information, where can they go? And you you, and you included that in your last message. Is there anything else uh, before we go? I'm not going to take too much more of your time, but anything else you want to add about your group or kind of this mission um, to create a less toxic and more competitive uh, political environment in the United States? So um, I guess I've been remiss not to mention I have two incredible co-founders, Dan Biga and Todd Connor. And Todd Connor is the past founder of Bunker Labs, which is a national veterans organization that um, that helps veteran entrepreneurs start new businesses. It's fantastic. They have 42 chapters. They're in all 50 states. So. I'm one, I'm excited and grateful to get to do this work too. I'm grateful to get to do it with such outstanding people. And then our our board members and the volunteers who are stepping up, I'm so encouraged because the military really is a cross section of America, right? There's people from all parts of the political spectrum. And we're seeing that with our volunteers, with our board, it is truly cross-partisan. And um, just to have people coming from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different political perspectives, but we are all united 
on our shared service and our shared vision of putting the country over party? And then how do you implement that vision? There's lots of different ideas, but we really believe that political innovations like open primaries, ranked choice voting, and then final five voting, uh, that's, that's the best way for us to start moving toward a healthier, more competitive, representative democracy. And I'll look forward to seeing the future of Veterans for Political Innovation, where your group goes from here. Um, I, th- there's a growth in this movement. And you, you talked about how veterans can unite behind things like this. And I think we're seeing more voters and more citizens unite behind the idea that our country is in desperate need of political innovation. And they're looking at things and the combination of reforms like open primaries and ranked choice voting as solutions to bring more competition and more accountability in the process. So I look forward to seeing uh, the future of, of your group and where it goes, Eric. And I thank you for joining me on Toppling the Duopoly. Thank you very much, Sean.